All right, cool. Well, let's get into this one, Lukey. The podcast is supported by CMBT Nutrition. Fuel your passion. You're doing that work on the mats. You need that pre. You need those BCAAs. You need that protein hit for recovery afterwards. You need a snack. These guys have the best bars going around. My favorite is the salted caramel. Trusted by the 145 UFC champion of the world, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. Head over to cmbt.com.au and fuel your passion. We get to the point. To the point. Luke George in the house. Ew! <laughs> mate, thank you for being here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, no, mate, you probably, uh, I say this often with Mickey, I don't think I've ever met another human being in the world who could match your energy. Um, and, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I know you're a busy man. You've got a lot going on, family, business-wise, everything. So I really appreciate you taking the time and coming in. That worked out well. Got the scan? Yeah, got the scan just up the road there at John Hunter. So um, come over and see Dallas and <laughs> and have a chat. What's baby number five? Do you know? Is it a surprise? Um, yeah, surprise. surprise. So we're going to have a um, reveal um, coming up soon, but we don't know. We've got an envelope and yeah, and yeah, we'll get our close family and friends around and surprise everyone. Mate, how good is it? we got um, boy, girl, boy, girl already. So Oof. we're just being greedy now. And mate, how, how beautiful are your kids? Yeah, we're lucky. I, I think all kids are beautiful when they're little. That's why my business is around kids and and helping them grow up and learn the way I've done. Yeah, mate, hundred percent. Well, they've all got that beautiful, nice olive skin, big blue eyes, the light hair. Mate, you guys have made some gorgeous children. Yeah, so we're really lucky because um, we got Aboriginal in our our background, so yeah. that that helps a lot. We don't know what sunscreen is really, so yeah, <laughs> protected by natural sunscreen. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. born with uh, sunscreen. Yeah, it's so good. Now, mate, for the people who might not know who you are, give us a, an introduction to to who Luke George is. Oh, I'm just an ordinary person that um, used to race motorbikes professionally and um, had a big stack and. Um, raced all, all over the world when I was younger and then had a big stack and um, didn't really enjoy riding or racing as much. Um, and I was young enough that I could get out of racing at uh, that time. And if I didn't like a, a normal job or a, a normal life, I could go back into racing and and never, ever thought that I'd start coaching people because I um, didn't know how to coach at that time. Yep. Um, but it just sort of all stars all aligned and... and uh, retired from professional racing at a young age, yep. uh, at 21, and then um, got a loader job and was driving loaders. Um, <laughs> but that was a little bit boring. <laughs> so um, I, once I released that I retired um, from my racing, all had a good following. So then straight away everyone wanted to get some training. Well, I didn't exactly know how to train or, or anything. So um, posted on my Facebook that I have a free lesson just to see how it all would work and we had 15 or so people turned straight up and Madness. and that's just how, how it all worked. I loved um, helping people that I could see that um, I, I could get better pretty well to ride safer and easier. That's all we do. We don't make them go faster or anything. Yeah. All we do is 
make them ride safer and easier and understand riding and then speed and jumps and, and races and whatever comes after that. Now, that's how we um, we got in contact. So I had a massive jet ski stack, so the brilliant idea that I had was to go buy <laughs> A KDM 500 with a, you know, a, a, a fractured tail, or what I have, a fractured pelvis and a um, and a torn three, a grade three tear in my adductor on my left leg. Yeah, I remember that when you Yeah, came. so, and um, so I've got this, you know, bike probably out of pure ego and, uh, you know, because Mick and I always talked about, you know, going riding and um, and he's like, mate, we'll, we'll, Isaac's going up to see Luke. We should, um, I'll take you up to Lukey George's and that's how... You and I became acquainted and became friends, and it was a kind of a. It's pretty hard not to have love at first sight with you. You, pro, as I said, you've probably got the the biggest energy out of any human being that I've ever met in my life. Um, and yeah, like I, I don't think I would have been able to ride that motorbike, or I definitely wouldn't have been able to ride that motorbike with the confidence and the ability that I ended up getting up without spending time with you. Yeah, well, that's uh, and that's why I love it so much. And and yes, I could go back to racing right this day. I'm still young enough and riding the best I ever have right at this second. Yeah. Um, but there's not a desire in, in the world to to go back to racing because I'm so in love with what I do every day. And I guess that's how I find my energy. And now I've got other trainers that I'm putting my energy into, um, yep. and they're finding my energy. So now there's uh, four or five of of looks up there so, yeah it's so mad because i was talking to um i do jujitsu with joshy davis jimmy's brother yep and um and he's like oh mate you know jim jimmy's come home yeah. from, from from uh japan and he's going to be working with lukey and i was like mate how good what what that's the best job in the world yeah so we were mates from school because in the motorbikes together yeah um and then yeah never thought that we'd be joined up again but yeah stars aligned and, and he's out home and Going really good and, and yeah, absolutely loving him there. Yeah, love it. So give us a bit of a, a an understanding of your journey getting to obviously the, the top level of racing that you you know you did get to. Where'd you grow up? How'd you grow up? How'd you get on a motorbike? And give us a bit of a journey from the start to kind of where we are now, or well, pre-crash. Yeah, so we um, started riding. Uh, well, I started riding at five years old. Um, Dad's a football player and mum doesn't have any idea about motorbikes. Um, so I just learnt. Um, growing, growing up over at uh, Soldiers Point, uh, at the back of my nan and pops, they have a market garden they used to have over there. Yeah. Um, and I just grew up on a, a Wee 50 at the time and then um, went to racing and, and going okay, just at local races, club races. Uh, then we want to go to state titles um, and then it sort of snowballs from there. Then you go, okay, at state titles and then you want to go to Australian titles. And then, um, yeah, from, from five years old, we are sort of racing from club level and then all the way through to 21 it, every single week and weekend was travelling around. Um, from 12 years old, I was travelling all over the world, yep. um, racing different parts of um, motorbikes in all different areas. Yep. Um, from Indonesia to New Zealand to, to everywhere except Europe, I didn't really go. Um, I only did one ride over in America when I was, um, just before I was, going to go over there in 2009 but then that's when I had my injury in 2009 head injury yep um was in a coma five days yeah it's crazy um, you've still got the the helmet on the fridge yeah at the at the, the workshop <laughs> yeah like, because I'm not um disappointed if anything it was probably that might have been the best thing that ever happened to me in my <laughs> yeah. life uh, having a head injury that was 
so bad at the time. Yeah. Um, being all you want to do is live and breathe motorbikes, but then getting told that you might not ride one ever again, yep. all that wasn't going to settle with me. And I got back to racing. It was going really good. Um, but, yeah, something was just missing, and I didn't want to live and breathe racing motorbikes yeah. um, then. And then I just tried other things, and and that's how this has all come about. That's awesome, man. And who was the who was the heroes growing up? Like J- Jerry McGrath, Ricky oh, no, Carmichael. So I, I didn't really, and I still don't now. I don't follow racing. Um, <laughs> I, I just busy doing my stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Chad Reed um, was the biggest fan because he's Australian and yeah. he's eight years older than me, so he was done everything that I was trying to do at the time. And then um, yeah, so he was lucky enough that he could sponsor me at a young age from from. Wow. 12-year-old, 13-year-old, because our families are all close together and we're still close. Yep. And we will be close forever. Yep. Um, but, yeah, we're, our families are close. And then he sponsored me and, and was how, a how, big push. How old were you when, when Chad jumped on board for you, sponsoring uh, you? Like, yeah, 13, around 13 years old. And, yeah. and then he took me all the way to um, up to 17, 16 years old until I got on factory um, racing teams. And then, yeah. We're still really close friends and always will be. Yeah, that's awesome, man. What was it like having, I guess, a, a hero as a, well, I guess he's kind of like your boss, but I, I, I guess a good friend as well, having someone like, because at that time Chad would have been in his prime, right? Oh, yeah, well, it's, he, that's how I looked up to him because he was always doing everything, win in Australia first and then overseas where, where everyone wants to go and, and win over there. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, it was the best thing ever to be close to someone to, so you could, he could help you and yeah. and sort of guide you the way he done it. It's really cool because well, you say you don't watch a lot of racing. I'm I'm a, on the the dick hard of of Jet and Hunter Lawrence at the moment, and um and it's so cool because they're riding at Chad's old compound in Florida, um and it's crazy to see like how much he does for those boys as well. Like the off season, um not last year the year before, like he they were out there with Chad almost every weekend. Um, so it's good to see an Aussie still giving back to the Aussies that are coming through. Oh, yeah, well, that's it. I think it's just um, everyone wants to see non-Americans win in, in America. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you watch any of the outdoor at all? Um, no, I just see some highlights here and there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really follow it. I see all the um, results. That, that's what I get the results, but I don't yeah. sort of watch it. Yeah, I think um, – you know, they, I watched the listen to the Whiskey Throttle podcast with um, with Jet and Hunter on it, and just an incredible story. You know, the family sacrificed, sold everything, went to Europe, and pu- there was no passports or visas, and they were literally living off a stick of bread a day. And you 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 couldn't think of a a more you know harder route to go than what they had to go through, and then. You know, guys like Ken Roxon, you know, helped them out a lot and got them onto Geico yeah. and got them to America. And, you know, um, Ken's dad, you know, had the boys there training full-time at the compound and bought them a motorhome and gave them a motorhome. And it's just an amazing story to see because it is it is quite a, a rich man's sport and you do see a lot of, you know, well, you see like yeah. Austin Faulkner's and stuff like that. It's very, like, they're, they're not, they don't seem like very nice people. But then you you get those. Yeah, it's different if you got to work for it and, yeah. and sort of come from from the bottom and, and sort of work up, yeah. opposed to having it all from young. It's it's a whole different ballgame. Hundred percent, mate. And is that is that what, like you obviously you were, you were blessed to have that with having Chad in your corner to to give you that hand and to yeah, that guidance, guidance and, and yeah. sponsorship and and he he sort of helped me a lot at 
all the way through my career. There's a really cool on YouTube. There's a really cool clip actually of you. It might it might have been a news interview, and you might have been like 13. You got the wild blonde oh, hair. Yeah, that was 60 minutes. <laughs> yeah, 60 yeah. minutes. That's all in chat, <laughs> yeah. and then I was there because he was sponsoring me. And yeah, and yeah, young enough. Was that when Chad was on Kawasaki? Uh, Yamaha. Yamaha, so, okay. So all these really good years when he was winning and, yeah. and everything. And it's crazy. I'm not too sure because you don't follow it, but like star Yamaha, 250 and 450 just dominate, which is so bizarre because you think these Euro bikes like the KTMs and gas gases and stuff like that, they're so light, um, but they somehow just can't keep up with those star Yamaha machines. Why, why, why are they so good for? Did you ride Yamahas as well? Oh yeah, I rode rode all the bikes yeah. um, at different times through my career, and and all bikes are, are good. It just depends who you're around, and and a luck luck's got a lot to do with it too. And yeah, and yeah, yeah. In, in Europe, you got the European bikes dominating, and sort of in America, you got other bikes going good. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like uh, um, you, you think like a Husqvarna or a, a KTM or a a Gas Gas, like they're just such. Beautiful machines. Like I was lucky enough to have a KTM. You ride KTM's full time now with uh, linked up with you're with KTM yeah Newcastle. KTM Newcastle, Newcastle. and KTM Australia. I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't change it for the world. I yeah. couldn't sort of do what I do with, with any other yeah. um, manufacturer because they've got um, the KTM Electric Fifty and then all, all the way through to uh, enduro bikes and and five hundreds and, and yeah. God knows what. I remember you putting that that little electric thing on to speed six one day and taking off on it. It was incredible. Oh yeah, well, it's a, it's the best thing ever for for training people and, and a lot of our clients at our house is um, people that have never rode before, girls, boys, yeah, uh, adults that have never rode before. But the um, kids ones especially to have them on the electric. There's no noise. Yeah, there's six different speeds and we put it on one and. And they can go flat out, but I'm only sort of jogging beside them yeah. or walking. Yeah. Um. So it makes it way safer and easier to get on the motorbike. Once we get them on the motorbike, then we can put them on 65s. Yeah. Um, anything from there. Yeah, it's awesome, man. So give us a bit of a day in the life. You know, as a you know 13 year old to a 21 year old, traveling Australia, traveling the world, riding motorbikes. You know, how was it going to school? How was it managing? You know, going to school, what was the training like? You know, was nutrition a big part of it? What, give us a bit of an insight to... So like times a, a, change. A um, life, so yeah. Times change always um, forever, getting better, more technology. So now there's a, a lot of coaching, exactly what, what I do, um, yep. coaching, but um, there wasn't that around when, when I was younger. It was just learn from yourself, and if you're stacked, don't do it again. <laughs> um, but now it's... Um, in America, in Europe, everyone's wanting to get coaches and um, eating right and all that sort of thing. But yeah. uh, in my time, it was um, sort of, yeah, do whatever you knew at the time and, and do as much as you could of it. Um, but, yeah, eating right and, and all that still applies, but it's a lot more in-depth now because you've got more guidance. Um, so would that be like, right here, I'm going to go do five 20-minute motos with a five-minute break in between each one? Or what? What? how were you kind of periodizing time on the track and what were you trying to get out of it from a yeah training? so all well, certain people um struggle with sprint speed certain people struggle with endurance yeah so um i was always one to like the formats of um the 30 minute motos that's in motocross yeah um so i'd always just go out and, and do them 35 minute motos and and depend on the day and the conditions and and everything um yeah get out there do some warm-ups and then 
uh, have a stopwatch there and, and do your lap times and, and do your 35s, two of them or three of them. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that was how it worked. But now it's you've got a lot of sprint formats. Uh, so we did have some sprint formats before I got out of it. Um, you're sort of imitating the the racing that you're doing. You're just doing the same sort of thing. Um, if I struggled in speed, I'd do more um, sprints and, and that sort of thing with, with people who helped me at the time. Yep. But, um, yeah, it's just what sort of yeah, a lot of people like to ride with other people because yep. um, it motivates them more and pushes them more. I was one that I like riding by myself because – I know what needed to be done and, and how quick I needed to be going. So I didn't need – I just like doing things sort of my way. Well, I was going to ask you that question because they do speak about a lot how that rivalry between, say, Chad, Ricky and James, um, you know, there wouldn't be a chance in hell any one of those three riders would ever be at the same training group together where a lot of these teams and stuff like that now and coaches that have a bulk of the riders, like you might get like, you know, Jason Anderson and – Austin Faulkner and whoever else. And, you know, most of these guys are lining up against each other at Supercross or in the outdoor series. From, a, like, a competition perspective, do you think that takes the edge away if you're chummy with the dude who you've got to line up to on the weekend? If you're you're doing a lot of practice oh, with Oh, it can guys? work either either. If, you, if you've got your main competition and you're training with him all the time, you can um, get a lot of confidence from that or, or it also can um, harm you. But, yeah, I was just one that always liked I knew what I had to do and, and how I had to do it. Uh, I didn't need someone there to uh, push me along or, or do whatever. But, yeah, there's a lot now that they're all training together. At times, yeah, definitely, I, even I like um, doing it by myself, but at times there'll be – you could go to certain um, places and there was other people there. It was good to ride with them, but I, I learnt that sort of at the at the racetrack, at the race. Yeah, 100%. Um and in terms of like you, you said, your old man didn't have a background in, in motocross or you know motorbikes, you know footy. Um, what was it like for for your dad coming into this world of racing, which is crazy? Like there's so much time, effort, money, traveling, um, and then also like your courses. How did dad adapt to you know being the the motocross dad and know putting tracks together for yourself were you guys both coming up with ideas on on tracks and um you know what you needed to work on yeah so we just it was all sort of trial and error it was a it was a really good thing i thought that he didn't have any idea because he's not um pushing me or he's not guiding me because he he didn't have a clue he's just let me do it so then i had to work it out for myself and if anything um if i had time over again i wouldn't change it for the world because it was the best thing ever that awesome. oh, i just did it with my time if if i was winning and wanted to give up racing uh, the next day well he wouldn't have cared it would have saved him money and he might have been happy <laughs> or a different story if, if he was already a champ and, and trying to train me to be a champ um yeah it's sort of a lot more pressure in it and then i'm not going to go as good and love it as much yeah well that's a, i guess it's really cool to hear that because both the the lawrence um does the lawrence boys dad they're um he come from you know, cars, he's into, into drag cars, and he got the boys' motorbikes, you know, until they could drive a car, basically, and then you know, next minute he's got, you know, the two hottest prospects in the world right now. You yeah. Know, Jet's probably the face of motocross now. Like, he's carrying, yeah. carrying the flag, bringing crazy amounts of fans in. But he um he talked at the end of that Whiskey Throttle podcast, he came on for 20 minutes and talked about, you know, like he literally learnt everything off YouTube and taught the boys off, like, taught the boys off YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> and these guys are almost, like, calculated, like, everyone talks about their style, how they sit on a bike, the way they move. 
Um, and you'd think that they'd been, you know, coached by Johnny O'Mara their whole life, but you know, their old man was YouTubing stuff and <laughs> letting yeah. them kind of find their own style. <laughs> well, it's like um, uh, me with school. I wasn't great with with schoolwork as a kid. All I wanted to do was ride motorbikes. But uh, if you want to learn something after school, if I need to learn something, um, you'll learn it way better and and easier because because you want to do it, not because you're forced to forced, do it. Yeah, 100%. and that's a whole different story. Um, if you want to do it, um you'll be good at it or if you're getting forced to do it, it's, it's a whole different world. hundred percent, man. So how much, um, how much school did, when did you, did you finish school? Did you? Oh no, so I didn't finish school. I was <laughs> uh, finishing year nine. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you're so on that was, Chad Reed money. Yeah. High school dropout, <laughs> uh, going nowhere sort of thing. <laughs> Just the hottest prospect out of Australia for, for, for a motocross, but yeah, drop out. So yeah, just, um, yeah, just like motorbikes and doing what I love and, and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now because I, I love it and that's why I have so much energy because, yeah, it's, it's all I want. Yeah, 100%, man. And in terms of, um, I don't want to go over too much, but like in terms of the, the crash itself, can you paint a bit of a picture as to the scenario and what happened and, you know, how you ended up in that coma for five days? Because obviously you've watched the footage back. Yeah. Um, can you give us a bit of a... a an understanding of actually what happened to you? Yeah, so it was the um, yeah, worst day ever, like um, racing for me because I didn't really have any bike problems or anything my whole career. I um, could count on one hand um, the chain snapping or a bike breaking for a race and um, we were having a good battle through the whole year in 2009 for the, for the motocross championship. And then um, on that last um, race at Coolum, like um, the last national day, um, the first moto was a gearbox um, went, so that was a DNF. And then the next moto, um, the bike blew up and it was a whole different bike. Um, and then the third moto, I didn't really even have to do it, um, but I just wanted to go out uh, sort of on a good note, go on and win in the last moto. Um, and then, yeah, just come around the corner. So I already had two DNFs, and I don't think I ever had any other DNFs in my whole racing career yeah. from juniors to seniors. Um, and then the last moto, went around, the, got an okay start. I was in... Uh, fourth or something around there and there was a big jump straight out of the corner at that time some people were doing it some people weren't um and i went for it and i was in fourth to jump it so i could get right up in there um and then i just come down and land on the back of another rider just on his bike and then i just um didn't think much of it at the time and then i just landed on my head and then i was pretty well out to it from there and it was pretty peaceful stack actually <laughs> there's no pain involved <laughs> shit what's going on here oh that's it woke up seven days later in in the gold coast hospital wow what was that like man what was it like you know waking up going fuck i'm, I'm in a hospital oh it was just like we everyone wakes up in the morning it was just like a extra long sleep do you have but, tubes in your mouth yeah, yeah. Uh, yep all that um uh, but it, yeah, i had to wake up it took me like i think it was took three days to actually wake up and come to you sort of waking up thinking and going back to sleep and sort of waking up and thinking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had a lot of support around me and a lot of good family and friends and sponsors. Um, so yeah, it was, that's what got me through, I guess. Wow. So there was. Then I had to go to rehab in Newcastle. Um, after I left the Gold Coast, I got transferred to Newcastle. Um, and I was meant to be there for months, um, living there. And then they kicked me out of there in, in three or four days. Because I was um, 
going pretty good. So, <laughs> oh, like so we, can't like, ke- we can't keep up with this guy's energy. <laughs> yeah, the whole lot was pretty well a miracle. It wasn't bad for me. It was just a big sleep, wake up and and get into it again. Yeah. Yeah, that's in that's really impressive. It was worse man. for my family and and wife and everyone around me that um, loved me and, and was close to me. Uh, for me, it was easy. I just had a big sleep and woke up and started again. <laughs> was born again. <laughs> What's the um? What do you take out of that? Like, do you do you feel like it was the world telling you with the two DNFs that hey man, you're not supposed to be on this racetrack today, or are you more of the attitude of it is what it is? Yeah, well, that's everything, and still to this day and, and forever will be um, whatever happens today is meant to happen to me, yeah. um, and, and I'll just go from get better and get smarter from there and, and learn um and, and still to this day it happens i think and it happens to everyone um yeah. you have bad days and good days but any of them for me is is great because i just want to keep getting on with it and and but if anything um i didn't think i'd change but my family around me that live with me every day um they said that, yeah certain things changed um and i guess maybe for the better now but yeah, yeah, I just live by whatever's meant to happen to me in, in my life, um, that it's going to happen with or without anything else. Yeah. Um, you just got to go with it and be positive about it and 100%. embrace it. Yeah, 100%, man. Great attitude. They say people that um, suffer catastrophic head injuries, um, like some of the best comics in the world have had catastrophic brain injuries. Some of the greatest geniuses in the world have suffered catastrophic brain injuries. What's the what's the one thing? Have you always had that energy and that zest for life? Um, no, or I think that's what the, one of the biggest things that um, sort of changed um, is I was always anyone that knew me from school or from a young age. I was I was like a mouse. I didn't talk. Um, I was really hidden away, and no one knew <laughs> what I was doing or who I was with or yeah. or anything. And then yeah, from from now you would never ever think that on the complete opposite. Opposite, I'd, yeah. I talk to a stranger or, or my worst enemy. I still have a good conversation with him and love him. Yeah, because like physically, there's not much of Lukey, but the energy that he has, he's like a giant. Like you just light up a room when you walk into it, and I guess it's you know we'll get into it now. Like why you're so successful with the business that you've that you've done and that you that you've got because you are man like regardless whether you're a five-year-old kid just about to get on your first motorbike for the first time or you're a 36-year-old bloke who's just had a jet ski accident and waddling around and can't move properly, you, you, you bring it. You bring an energy to life which um, is like no other man and it's, it's, it's awesome that there's a silver lining in something that was so bad at that time, you know, created something so amazing, which is cool. Yeah, so it's a big thing. Like, um, you're just taking whatever has dealt with me, I'll, I'll deal with it and... And try and learn from there and get better. But the biggest thing now is uh, I'm getting sort of even more excited is because my business is based around, my whole um, business is based around people coming there and the enjoyment they get yeah. from being there, whether they're a, a 65-year-old guy that's rode longer than I've been alive yeah. um, or, or a, a three-year-old kid that just um, can't ride a push bike and, and mum and dad bring them to, to learn to ride a motorbike. Um, it's not so much making them a, a world champion. If they're going to be a world champion, they're going to be a world champion with or without me. Yeah. Um, all I'm doing is giving them a hell of a time and, and teaching them what I've known and, and what I've learned in my um, career so far. And, yeah. And my whole business now is sort of based around the energy and the, the vibe that people get coming there. And that's why it's in, 
getting more embraced every single day. 100%. And there's something you did mention at the start, and it's it's not about making someone a faster rider. It's making them a better and a safer rider. And that's one thing that, you know, I learned, you know, doing time with you is, you know, you got this big bike, you put a pipe on it. Yeah, you know, I had no – there was no reason for me to put a pipe on my bike. <laughs> but more – it's just an ego thing, right? So it's like it's already got enough power. I don't really know how to ride properly. But it was like the – coaching that you give in terms of you know cornering whether it be sand whether it be dirt you know whatever the terrain is just the these little certain things that you gave to me and you give to to these people who come to to your school is empowering because you're like i don't need to be on the gas coming into the corner breaking hard trying to gas 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 around the corner and then you know then trying to gas out of it it's like everything's smooth and it's not you don't do it like you watch you ride and it's like he's flying but it's like slow is um smooth is slow and slow slow yeah. is fast or yeah. smooth is fast sorry and it's so seamless seamless watching you like on a dirt track or gr- like sand anything and it's because of these principles that you've you've been you've t- taught us yeah well the, the scary thing is um when i raced um from five years old all the way through um i did um, all, all this sort of naturally because um, from learning, but it all comes from sand because um, I've grew up in the sand from five years old on a Wee 50. I wasn't learning on, on concrete. I was learning on loamy veggie gardens around Nan and Pop's veggies that were hard as hell and I get bogged and, and I can't get my bike out and all the rest of it. Um, but, yeah, the same principles apply, but I didn't know when I raced, I, I didn't actually know that. Um, it wasn't until I... I didn't know why I could go faster than that guy around the corner or pass him on the inside or, or pass him on the outside. Yep. Um, but it wasn't until I um, retired from racing and started training that I need to know exactly what I'm doing to be able to help you or, or that little five-year-old. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the most enjoyment ever is I'm learning every single day still. Some people come and get one lesson and they, they ask and they need to come back for a second one because um, they've learnt everything. Um, but yeah, it's, oh, I'm still learning every single day. Um, but yeah, when I raced, I didn't know what I did. I just did it yeah. under natural instinct, yeah. um, breaking a wrist. Oh, I know that wasn't too good doing that. So, <laughs> so we won't do it again, breaking yeah. two wrists. That was <laughs> stupidity. Um, and, and yeah, until I got into training and coaching was, and that's why right now my riding's never, ever been better. Yeah. Yes. I don't leave my house because I, I don't. Have to. W- have to and <laughs> want to if I want to ride a different track, I'll, I'll make a new one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, i just, yeah, just really lucky to be able to do what I'm doing. So you think sand sand and um, sand and self-reflection was probably the catalyst to you being such a good rider? Oh, yeah, well, sand definitely yeah. Is, is another one because there's all different trainers all over the world um, and everyone has different ways. But, but my ways, are, uh, a lot of them are, are similar. Um, the ways of, I've seen videos of certain people, how they ride and, and whatever. And um, a lot of the ways are, are similar, but my way is sort of like um, way out of no man's land um, by itself. But that's because it's from the sand and and, and it's all about balance and, and technique in the sand. And if you have rode in the sand like you have up my house, um, <laughs> everyone knows there's sand and, there, and then there's my house at sand. It's, it's chalk and cheese. There's lots yeah. of good sand riders that come. To, to my house to um, have a ride and, and get some training 
but um, they they struggle a lot because it's the way I make the tracks yeah. um, very tricky and challenging because I don't want people just to come there and fly around there and do it easy. I want them to come and yeah. really be sat back and, and think about what's going on to be able to get around that tight corner up over that hill or, or whatever it is. Yeah, because it's a different level. Like it's, um, I, I see Benny and Zay there now and Benny's always, you know, <laughs> video and Zay. <laughs> nope. And I'm like, oh, I know that feeling all too well. <laughs> yeah, well, it's one thing too with the sand, it's very safe um, because only good riders actually be able to go fast on there. Yeah. And most of the crashes in the sand is just um, falling off in a corner and, and you get sand on your grips and, and that's it. Yeah, that's true. I never really thought of that. Like, so that, that's a huge thing, and that's why we, we've got loads of different tracks, um, but most of them at our place are sand. We've got easier sand tracks. We've got harder sand tracks. We've got clay tracks. We've we got everything, but yeah. um, sand is, is where it's at. When we want to take little kids there to get better, or we want to take adults there, or, or yeah. people there doing motos. Yeah, 100%, man. So obviously we've you know we've, we've moved into the, the coaching side of things, and um, – Give us a, a bit of an understanding of what you actually do because it's quite incredible. Like if you're a if you're a kid and you, you're lucky enough to, to 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 be coached by Luke, regardless whether you are in Australia, you can spend your school holidays or a portion of your school holidays at Luke's with his family, getting up every morning, running on a bike, hey. learning every day, mate. How do you take on that? <laughs> well, I just um, think if when I was a little kid, um, if I would have had someone like myself that only lived half an hour away from where I was born um, and I would have been on the dad every single day um, to take me out there because we can ride on different tracks and we can get help if we can't jump or we can get help if we can't corner. Yep. Um, so that's why we embrace it so much and, and we take people that, loads now the higher bikes are um taken over with people that have never ever sat on a motorbike before um originally i started it for races to come and try kdms and get kdms out there more but now it's solely taken over by yeah we still have races coming there um checking two strokes to four strokes and doing some lap times and and doing whatever but um yeah the the higher bikes are taken over now by families and and adults and kids that have never ever rode and we get them and we got to be on the um on the ball straight away because these people have never rode bikes before Crazy. um and then the biggest thing is once we um teach them to ride bikes and safely um how it is motorbikes are the most dangerous thing in the whole world uh, if you don't know what you're doing on them um but if you know what you're doing on them and and you know how to ride them they're actually safer than driving a car on the road yeah yeah, hundred percent, mate. And that's that. That's the whole bottom line. Is um, they are super dangerous, and they can get me killed and you killed today if we didn't know what we're doing. But if we know what we're doing, and we only ride to our capabilities, yeah, um, they're the funnest thing and the most enjoyment. They and, are, and that's yeah. why a uh, big thing why I, we go so well up there is because as an escape, I didn't know why I love motorbikes so much. But when we're riding motorbikes, doesn't matter what stress or or what you're going through, it's so dangerous. Your your mind's got to be on the job, um, and that's why people come um, to our place because they like to escape it. There's no one around, and yeah. and just um, peace out. Yeah, hundred percent, man. And as I said, like you know, you've got a you've got kids programs where you know, mum and dads will send their kids on an aeroplane from Townsville 
you know, get picked up at Newcastle Airport at Paul Stevens and they actually, these kids actually come and stay with you and your family and they they get to, you know, they'll do like four or five days and run us through how that came about. How did you come up with that concept? Well, same as everything in my um, business uh, sense with, with motorbikes or, or the jerky, um, I'm just doing what I think's right and from there my customers will give me other ideas and, and I was doing training at the time years and years ago when I started I was just doing everyday um, training for two hours and you just come and go but then um, parents asked can we leave our kids here um, and then that's how that originated and now that's wow. we've been doing um, five-day boot camps every single school holidays for 12 years Wow! Um, and that was me by myself and, and my wife and, and my my family uh, so I can't do all this without my mum and dad letting me um, take over their property <laughs> and, and turn it into a motorbike noisy place that there's people always coming and going from their private um, bush track that yeah. they used to have. Uh, but crazy. yeah, the five-day boot camps, people come and, um, yeah, strangers that I've never seen and that's why I'm, I really um, respect and, and pay my thanks to, to everyone that comes to the boot camps because um, I'm a stranger to all of them and they don't know me but they've just heard off their brother or or their uncle their auntie or a friend that um you can go to this place and do five-day boot camps and drop your kids off and and you can go on holidays and leave your kids at this motorbike place uh, and we feed them and 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 do look after them like they're our kids yep take them in and um yeah that's why it's so rewarding and that's why we have so much energy and put so much into it is because it's um yeah pretty crazy what we can do people send their kids from from Mackay or wherever it is, Victoria, yeah. uh, and then they, um, I pick them up at the Newcastle Airport and take them in and ring their parents each night and let them know how they're all going and and um, incredible man, yeah, train them on motorbikes. They hire our bikes and then put them back on the plane and make sure they get on the plane right and and send them home. Oh, it's sensational, and that's the beauty, like the beautiful thing. Like they don't have to worry about packing bikes or anything. You've got everything ready to go. Um, and it's just incredible, man. Like for from the, the motorbike community and from the two world community, you're doing something very special, looking. You know, you would have thought your whole life was paid for you to win a Supercross or an AMA motocross, but I guess what you're doing now, as you said, like it's it's got so much more substance, and it's so like you're blessed and you're happy that this is the path that your life take because it's amazing what you get to do every day. Yeah. So exactly how I live is is how everything's meant to happen. It happens, and and I think looking back now what's going on and I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow but um, I had a professional career and, and a very winning one that was very great um, but then it was short-lived um, but I think all that was because of where I am now if I didn't have um, a, a good career or it would have made it a lot hard I'm not saying I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing now but it would have made it a lot more difficult in the start because when I posted there was a free motorbike lesson I wouldn't have had 15 people <laughs> wanting to get there I would have had yeah. lucky to have one yeah um, because I don't I haven't like I haven't done anything and and who's this guy to teach us how to ride and he, he can't really ride himself <laughs> yeah. um which I see a lot of that um which isn't a bad thing but my my story is is that's I think that's how it's all meant to be. I had it really great. There was a lot of um, times that I was close and then I just won and just won and just won. Um, but then looking back now, um, it was the best thing ever because it was a short career and then I led into something else and and it all helps every little bit. 100% man. Run us through a day. Run us through what would be a, a day in the life of, you know, I'm, I'm a 10-year-old kid. I've come down to Luke's. 
run me through, you know, from the when I wake up to when I go to bed, what would I be doing? This is in the boot camp, or, yeah, or boot, in boot yeah. Camp. So the boot camps are different to normal training, but yeah, the boot camps we wake up and we we wake them up pretty early because we want to get them in that right frame of mind straight up. We're not sleeping in till till nine o'clock. We want to get them up at when I say early. We're not being stupid about things, um, but I say we get up at. At wake them up at 6.30 or 7 o'clock, which some kids is awake already before then or some kids uh, are awake um, at 10 o'clock, it doesn't matter, but at boot camps there's um, certain times and we wake up at yeah 6.30 or so and go and do exercise, whether it's bushwalking, whether it's running, whether it's swimming, whether it's um, gym workouts, whether it's yoga, stretching, all different stuff. Um, so we go do exercises straight up. And then we come back and we have breakfast um, all together. Like I'm not sending them away. It's all together. That's how it works. Then yep. uh, we yeah come and have breakfast. And then we um, after breakfast we go down. And the mechanics are already getting all the bikes out, and, and the other coaches are already there, ready to um, get into it. And then we get on our bikes, and there's all split sections. So um, depending if they're all the same group or some are um, slower or some are more beginner than others. So we separate them into the right groups so they're all in the same tracks together and we're teaching them Um, then we do all different technique stuff every single session we're on the bike is different stuff it's not the same track the same stuff that we're going to get bored with every single bit is different and we come in and and have lunch after a couple of sessions Uh, again all together um salad rolls whatever it is um all different stuff get them to eat right because that's a huge part of it yep um because um your food and your body's your fuel to your bike same sort of thing yeah um so we get them to eat right and then after we have lunch then we go back on and do all other different stuff whether it's balance and stuff or on the track or jumps or whoops or sand or hills or or everything um then we after we finish the day riding then we've got to make sure that they all wash their bikes and 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 help us we help them um but then also they help got to help us too yeah. Um, if they muck up, they got to do push-ups or burpees or or something <laughs> that they absolutely hate. So, so we so we have all angels. Uh, we don't have any bad <laughs> yeah. kids. L- l- lots of mums and dads come and, and say little Eddie's a bit of a um, wild fella or he doesn't like listening. Or but uh, unfortunately, with all us, um, every single kid is um, really well behaved and absolutely awesome. Yeah. So, because we're not mum and dad, and we're we're doing something fun, and then yeah, after we finish washing bikes, then we send them all up there, and we start. They got to start having showers because there's a line of us. Um, got to have showers and all that one by one, all different showers on the property that we got to get them in showers. Um, and then after their showers, and then we have um, sit down, have a bit of a talk about the day, uh, ring the parents, and then we have a big dinner. Um, yeah, but the biggest thing with boot camps is is the foods. Um, people are don't like pumpkin or they don't like broccoli or, or something, but at boot camp, unless you're allergic to it, but we find out with mum and dad first, um, unless you're allergic to it, unfortunately at boot camp you've got to block your nose or, or something and get it down. Cover it in tomato sauce. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, really just, it's, um, yeah, life-changing. Not They come because of motorbikes, but um, there's a lot more they learn at the boot camps, which I didn't know when I started. I'd, I'd done it all because of motorbikes to get a better racer to get better results and win more trophies. But now it's a whole different ball game. It's a complete it, lifestyle. It's a it? whole different ball game now. Yeah. How I started, I, I didn't know nothing that I did now, but when you do it for 12 years, every single day of your life, um, it, you learn stuff and, and all the different people come. That's how I learn. And then I can help my coaches and, and our team to get better and, 
and grow from there. Yeah, sensational. And what's the um, what's your retention rate like in terms of kid comes? What's the likelihood of him coming back with inside the next twelve months? Oh well, it's it's nearly a hundred percent because there's not a place on the planet um, that you can do what you do at our place. Yes, there's other motorcycle coaches, um, but that's how we start. And there's, there's not a place on the planet that you can do to the extent of what we've got. You can come and whether you're an A-grade rider, we've got tracks to help you. Whether you want to go overseas and race Des Nation, we've got tracks to help you. Um, or if you're a beginner that's never rode before and you've never, um, you haven't rode a push bike, we've got bikes and tracks to, to have them too. So there's, yeah, and awesome. why we're, why I've found that out and how I found that out, well, it just makes me more excited to keep striving to doing what I'm doing because I yeah. don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm just doing all I can to Today. this day. Yeah, super cool. Now, do the kids get around the jerky? My kids or? or yeah, well, your kids. Oh, and, yeah, and my, kids or, my kids or I like to um, get them to help and, and all that because that's a big part of it. If um, Money and, and stuff, success doesn't just come to you. you got to really nut down and and do what most people won't do yeah um so then you can have have a better life and, and that's the biggest thing um with the boot camps and with our training and and especially the boot camps because we have lots of kids that are, are really um tough at school and and have been suspended or expelled and and they got really bad behavior but they're, they're more the kids that we love to get there because um i wasn't that bad when i was young but um to show them that if they really try and and don't worry about um, what this person says or that person says, if, if you really try and do it for the right reasons and are really kind, anything's possible, really. I think you're, you're so right. Like, I wasn't good at school because that wasn't my way of learning. Like, if I had a Luke George teach me how to do something, then I probably would have been able to pick it up. Um, so I think it's those sorts of kids or probably how I was like as a kid coming into an environment which you provide – it's probably their way of learning because it's hands-on. It's like you're you're on there, you're doing it, you take it in, you're listening. And it's probably something you want to do as well, you know. You want to eat your broccoli at dinner because you want to get back on the bike the next day, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. there's an incentive to get back on it. Well, that's a big thing and, and I didn't know it at the time, but our time goes on and all the different people you attract, um, that's a huge thing now. They come and, and they see um, the life I'm living uh, every single day um, not just, and that's what I make sure I tell them. It's, this is not just boot camps and the school holidays. This is every single day. If anything, it's crazy when they're out the boot camps there because um, we got day training coming in, half an hour, one hour, two hour lessons. We got people riding on tracks, and and but the biggest thing is, is they come and see that, and then, um, they they see the machines there that make the tracks. Well, I don't have a license for any one of them machines, and I shouldn't be driving them machines, but. Um, I don't need a license because they're my machines and they're on private property and I'm learning to drive an excavator. I'm learning how to do a dozer. I'm learning how to do a loader. <laughs> That's how I'm about. And, and, and to really show these kids and it really um, sparks them because it's not like what everyone says it's got to be and you've got to go and do this and you've got to go and do that. Yeah. Um, there's certain ways and, and there's ways that people do that way. Yeah. But there's ways for everyone and – as um, long as you're trying hard and, and you've got a good work work ethic and and doing it for the right reasons, um, it all it all falls into place. Yeah, super cool, man. And as we just mentioned, the jerky. So 
Lukey's not just a one-trick pony. He doesn't just coach motorbikes and rides really fast. How did you come up with it's a hundred and ten percent, hundred and one percent, hundred and one percent? Was that your number? Yes, that was my racing number, and yeah. then um, that, then I just started the training, Luke George one hundred and one coaching, and then um, started the jerky. I watched, I like jerky from the shop buying it, and then uh, had spare um, meat and that at home. So then I um, tried to get rid of some meat and I, I had too much of it in the fridge so then I thought I'd just make a, some jerky because I found out that you use a lot of red meat and, and, and um, cook it up and then it, it shrinks down and you can um, get rid of it really quick. Yeah. Um, so then that's how it sort of come about and then I was just having it for me for every day um, with some fruit and whatever else it is that I'm eating um, and then that's sort of all the training people there and the, the clients there at, at my house um, they would always ask, what am I eating? And I was eating jerky and then they asked for a bit and I <laughs> gave them a little bit and that's how all, all that started. And I just, again, I really love um, just making different things and, and the process of that is completely opposite to riding a dirt bike. It's a, with the food authorities and yeah. a, and making food um, so that you can sell to people and, and sell to your clients is uh, night and day different to, to my other um, riding on teaching people how to ride motorbikes, but I just really love it, and and that's how it's about. Now, do you have more than twenty four hours in a day? Because how do you get all this stuff done? Do so, you, you yeah, <laughs> I have lots of people that come and, and, and ask the same question, but it's not about um, how many hours in a day. I just do as much as I can, and and with it, with whatever I can. Yeah. Um. And and from there, we just um go to sleep at night. Sometimes that could be. Um, eight o'clock at night sometimes it could be one, one o'clock at night in the morning it, it, yeah. I might not even sleep but I'll, I'll sleep better <laughs> the next night so, so it just the, the biggest thing with that and it comes from my um, earlier days is always um, ate right um, and, and really was healthy with my eating um, do fit, come, do fitness come, do they come from your parents um, yeah, we always just had vegetables well, we grew up on a vegetable farm my nan and pop were marking gardeners and and my we were surrounded by fresh vegetables, so yeah. so that's all got to help from a toddler, and it's the same as my four kids now. They're growing up on vegetables and and one hundred and one jerky and and all, <laughs> all the rest of it um, that's really healthy and good for you. So that's all got to play a part. I don't drink coffee. I don't have tea. I don't uh, drink alcohol. I don't do anything like that. Um, only because um, I want my body to be the best it can possibly be. Wow. So then I can get more hours in a day. I can sleep better when I'm sleeping yeah. um, and, and go on to, to the day I die. I, I don't want to be any different. I want to keep just striving. Love it. Love it. Now, how did you come up with the flavours for the jerky? Um, again, just um, thought myself, um, what flavours do I like or, or what taste do I like? Well, I love barbecue sauce and on all different things, on steak, yeah. <laughs> for starters. Um, and then, um, yeah, I love sweet chilli and, and and I hate hot chilli, but I know um, jerky goes well with alcohol and that's a big part of where we sell it in, in um, uh, bottleos and, and pubs and sort of thing and it's jerky sort of around alcohol. So, um, yes, I hate hot chilli and can't have one little bit of hot stuff, but um, I definitely want to make a really hot one for, for the people that love jerky because that's who I'm making it for. I'm not making it for me. This uh, this chilli this chili jerky, I remember Luke said to me, mate, just be careful with it. It's a bit of a ring stinger. And uh, I'm like, oh, man, I can eat chilli. It's all good. And I just shoved a holly in my mouth. 
And I was like, I looked at Mickey and I was like, mate, my fucking mouth's on fire. Yeah, so that's, uh, I couldn't test it. My mum would have to test it and other clients would test it. Um, but yeah, we needed it super hot because we've got sweet chilli, we've got honey soy, we've got barbecue. barbecue. So we've got three flavours for non-hot chilli lovers like me. Um, and then we've got a hot chilli one that is, is only for the diehards, but that sells well because um, that's who it's for, the hot ones that like alcohol and, and having a good time. Love it. I absolutely love it, mate. As I said earlier, like not only just like your energy and your you know this vibe that you bring into a into a room when you walk into it but you know you've got so many cool little things going on there and not only that like luke's already got four children and he's got another bub on the way a fifth one in april um it's just amazing the zest for life that you have and it's you sit there and listen to someone like that and i sit there and go fuck i don't think i'm maximizing my days <laughs> Yeah, I so think that, I need to do more. So that's all, all, all we can do. I can do, you can do, and anyone else that's listening can do. You just do as much as you can do on that day, yep. um, and then that's it. You, you close that book, and there's a new day the next day. Um, doesn't matter. Yeah, don't be scared to, to go to 1 o'clock in the morning or because you'll sleep better the next night or the night after or, or you've got all time to sleep. And that's like um, the coaches say to me all the time is um, we can't wait for, for the place to um, be finished. Um like the training or, or the jerky or whatever it is that I do, well, it's, it's never, ever going to be finished because um, I just get sort of more into it and, and find out more ideas and I want to make it better and that's how we can get more people in and, yep. and have more fun and have more energy. Well, you kind of just answered my next question, which is normally to give some uh, departing words of wisdom, um, I guess from a life perspective, that's you've hit it on the head. But I guess from a, a racing perspective and a coaching perspective, any anyone, any kids out there or people out there who are aspiring to be, you know, motocross riders or, um, you know, wanting to be the next Chad Reed, what's what's some advice that you could give them, Lukey? Well, the only advice, um, and it doesn't matter who it's coming from, whether it's someone in Australia or America or Europe, is just got to enjoy it. Um, doesn't matter how old you are, what your background is, or or how good you're meant to be or how good you should be as uh, long as you're um, trying your hardest and you're enjoying the, the moment at the time, um, that, that's all that matters. The rest is history and, and you'll go to as far as you want to go or, or you won't go to as far as uh, you, you don't want to go. So it doesn't matter as long as you're enjoying it um, and, and trying your hardest and, and staying safe. 100%. Now, if, if you do get an opportunity, um, you know, get in contact with Luke. We'll, we'll, we'll put all your uh, details on the show notes and all your Instagrams and stuff like that. Um, if you can get out to, to Luke and get some coaching off him if you want to ride motorbikes or you've got kids right, about to ride motorbikes. And if you see 101 jerky uh, in in a bottle or in, or in store, Get it, get the chili. You won't be disappointed. <laughs> if, you, only if you like hot chili, yeah. The barbecue one was probably my favorite. Is my favorite for sure. So, um, but Lukey, thank you very much for your time, mate. I wish there was more of you. I wish there was many more of you. You're a, you're an absolute one in a million, mate. And I, I really appreciate your energy and our friendship. Thank you kindly, brother. Thank you, brother. Legends, make sure you like and subscribe on all your podcasting platforms and head over to Instagram and check us out at to the point underscore podcast. To the point.
to the point. <laughs> 